Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. There's so many people out there that when you look at their lives, when you look at their quote-unquote ministry, it centers around themselves. Send me your money and I will pray for you. Now, who does it sound like that's blessing and glorifying? Who is it really centered around? Who is it really geared toward? If they're following the Lord Jesus, it's going to look like Jesus. Jesus didn't do things to get paid. He did it to bless. It's not a taking, it's a giving. Nothing is more detrimental to the message of Christ than those who seek to orient the gospel around themselves rather than others. From asking for money to receiving healing or buying private jets for ministry, many are kept from the truth from such scandals. In today's message, Pastor Robert reminds us that as believers, we're to put others before ourselves. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. First thing he deals with is the authority of the minister. Paul starts off right off the bat and apparently his authority was being called into question. But he gives some principles that relate to every Christian person, really, every Christian minister, certainly. Paul says... Am I not an apostle? Now, the word apostle just means sent one, one sent by God. Now, in his day, it meant more than that. And and what I mean by that is there was the writing of the scriptures that was going on, and, and he indicates in this passage some of his qualifications. One, he says, didn't I see Jesus? Have I not seen our Lord Jesus Christ? And everybody knew he had. It's a rhetorical question. He says, are you not my work in the Lord? In other words, as he goes on to state, he says, you know, there may be people that want to question whether or not Jesus has sent me and anointed me and called me into ministry, but not you guys. You wouldn't even know Jesus had I not brought him to you in Corinth. You are the proof. You're the, you're the seal of my apostleship, and the word means certification. Your very existence certifies that I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. How can you question it? How can you question my authority. How can you question my call is really what he's talking about. You know, it, it's an interesting thing to consider. In this chaplain's conference that I went to last week, I, I found it so fascinating meeting men and women from different religions, different perspectives. Now, most everybody who was there as, you know, they were there as federal chaplains, chaplains to federal law enforcement, and most all of them were from, quote-unquote, Christian traditions. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, some were from very conservative denominations who believe the Bible and love the Lord. There were others from traditions that not so much. You know, they've kind of abandoned the scriptures and they're teaching other stuff. 
And then, you know, there, there, there were people from the Greek Orthodox Church, people from the Roman Catholic Church. There were, you know, a lot of priests there. I didn't even realize there were distinctions among, within the Roman Catholic priesthood. You know, one of our local chaplains in South Florida is, he's the priest. He's actually a monsignor. He's a priest over a parish, has other responsibilities. Another one is, I, I guess technically he's a monk. I need to ask him about that because he's a member of a religious order and he has a retreat center that he runs and supervises and he does the masses there and everything like that, you know, and, and having dinner with these guys and talking and listening. And the guy that runs the, the Catholic priest who runs the retreat center, I had dinner with him and a, a Lutheran pastor. And, and those two men work together in New York and know each other very well. They're old friends. They worked together for like 14, 15 years. And I, I learned something that I, that I never knew. The, the Catholic priest was teasing the Lutheran God about his ordination because the, the Catholic Church, of course, doesn't recognize his ordination as being valid, or mine either, for that matter. But he said, did you realize that the Swedish Lutheran Church and the Roman Catholic Church has been in negotiations for some time now, and there's the possibility that the Swedish Lutheran denomination would be reabsorbed into the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church? You've got to be kidding me. He said, no. Seriously, the, the, the Swedish Lutheran priesthood and bishops and everything are recognized by the Roman Catholic Church. The Vatican recognizes the Swedish Lutheran ordinations. And I said, how can that be? And he said, well, in the same way that the Catholic Church recognizes the ordination of the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox priests and bishops and so forth. And I said, I don't understand. And he said, well, it has to do with apostolic secession. They've continued to observe that, meaning that this Swedish Lutheran pastor points, you know, to his bishop. He, the bishop laid hands on him, ordained him, and, and that bishop points to the bishop who ordained him, who pointed to the bishop who ordained him, like ad nauseum, right? All the way back to Peter. And ultimately, it, it goes back to, to Peter. And he said the, the Swedish Lutheran church can trace their ordinations all the way back to Peter, just like the, the, within the Roman Catholic church and within the Orthodox churches and, and so forth, and, and that's, that's the authority. And it's a question of authority. It's a question of authority. You know, they, the Pharisees did that. They went to John the Baptist and said, you're out here baptizing people. By what authority? And John said, you brood of vipers, none of your business. Repent. Follow God. Honor God. He didn't even, enter, you know, he just confronted them. He didn't answer their question. Then they went to Jesus and confronted Jesus at one point and said to Jesus, by what authority are you doing these things? And he turned it around. He didn't answer the question either. By whose authority? And that's what's coming up again. Do you understand this is kind of a common thing? This is something that consistently comes up. And it's not that it's an invalid question because there are those that we see in our world today that, you know, they just launch out and do their own thing. It's unbelievably easy to start a church, technically speaking. You just go online. Did you realize you can do that? Probably shouldn't be telling you this. Are there any wolves? You can go online. In the state of Florida, you can go online, and as long as you have two other people who are not related to you, and actually, I guess even if they are, you go online and you incorporate as a not-for-profit First Church of the Greedy. That's all you have to do. You have a board of directors. You're incorporated. You pay the fee. Every year you maintain that. And as long as you do something that sort of kind of resembles a religious organization, you know, you, you gather a group of people together at your house every Sunday for coffee, whatever, then the Internal Revenue Service kind of has to recognize you as a church. 
And so you're tax exempt as far as the IRS is concerned. Now, with the state of Florida, there's an additional piece of paper to file, but that's really all you have to do. You file it, you give them your tax ID number, which is free to get, and, and you just all of a sudden, poof, you're a church. Well, but how do you get ordained? Well, that board, you remember I told you, you've, you know, you've got your, your bowling buddy and, you know, the lady that you work with and they've agreed to be your board. Well, once that corporation is established and you've established in your bylaws how the ordination process will work, you know, that they will lay hands on you and ordain you and then they can just make up and print out a certificate and you're ordained. And that's all it takes. So it's not that this is an invalid question, but the premise is an important one. It's like, where, where, where does the authority come from? Where does the authority come from? You know, there's so many people out there that when you look at their lives, when you look at their quote-unquote ministry, it centers around themselves. Send me your money and I will pray for you. Now, who does it sound like that's blessing and glorifying? Who is it really centered around? Who is it really geared toward? It, If they're following the Lord Jesus, it's going to look like Jesus. Jesus didn't do things to get paid. He did it to bless. It's not a taking. It's a giving consistently. The minister and the ministry exists to give, to impart, to nurture, to nourish, to care for. And that will be reflected in the books you read from that minister or ministry, the TV shows you watch, the whatever. Do you understand what I'm driving at? it'll, It'll be geared toward... Giving, not taking. And so you can rest assured that when that person says, I'm trusting Jesus and following him, then that that's true and that the authority, the authority behind it is actually the Lord. They're truly serving the Lord. We've made that cliche, serving Jesus. We've, we've made it cliche. It's not intended to be a cliche. It's intended to be a literal lifestyle. But far too many Christians and far too many so-called ministers are not serving Jesus, they're serving themselves and calling it ministry for the Lord. Do you understand what I'm driving at? They challenged Paul. And he didn't say, how dare you? I'm the Apostle Paul. You think you can challenge me on this? No, he answered their questions. And he did it rhetorically, but he said, you know, you guys are the proof. You're my certification. You are the fruit of my outreach. You're the fruit of my apostleship. You're the certification. You're the proof of the pudding. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of 1 Corinthians. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. We'd be grateful if you'd take some time today to lift us up in prayer. As we continue to produce programs to spread the good news of the gospel, we want to make sure we're listening to our Creator first and following His directions always. Would you also pray for our listeners that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can join us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and Tracy's here with all the details. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. 
please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the donate button. Thanks, Tracy. Any amount given is greatly appreciated and useful. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for listening today to Main Thing Radio.